नमस्ते किरण जी दी सब्जेक्ट इज इंटीग्रल ट्रांसफॉर्मेशन एंड लेट मी स्टार्ट फ्रॉम दैट पर्टिकुलर पॉइंट विच यू मैंशन वेरी राइटली दैट टूडे वी सी ए ह्यूमैनिटी विच इज डेवलप्ड ऑन द रूट्स ऑफ द माइंड इन अ डिजिंग स्पीड एट अ डिजिंग स्पीड स्पेशली इफ यू सी लास्ट फिफ्टी टू हंड्रेड ईयर्स there is a tremendous degree of intellectual development explorations in the mind and so on and so forth and it seems fantastic and fabulous but for one important thing that man is not the mind alone now all development when it is one sided and lop sided it often at the expense of some other side this is something which we often don't understand and it leads to a kind of imbalance so we have we see today humanity which is intellectually extremely developed when we see the pace of civilization the way children are so quick at um, highly technical things but what is missing is the heart the heart has been crushed moved aside because of the intense need for competition ambition and all these things the need for pace speed and everything else there is also the passions have been left untouched so it's a whole domain so the emotions the passions and the body and of course deep within the soul so this development of the mind alone is at the expense of many other important critical and crucial elements of our being and it's important to understand that if by some kind of a mental effort intellectual effort we even pierce through and enter into some realms which can be called as the spiritual yet without the commensurate development of these other parts their engagement in our total pursuit we will remain almost as we see in the ancient times there were great tapasvis who were also great asuras you know they were highly intellectual but Uh, as far as the emotions are concerned as far as the passions are concerned it was completely untouched domain so it's important to recorrect the balance before nature uses its own means to recorrect it in other words what we are witnessing today though it may not look like that is an evolutionary crisis as shurbindo had foreseen right in the beginning of the previous century that what we are witnessing today is a evolutionary crisis in other words we have reached as much as possible or almost as much as possible with the coming of ai which mind can reach within its own domain and now it is moving in circles within that now you know we'll have ai the next uh, step and uh, there is obviously a fear whether ai is and artificial machines are going to take over the human intelligence whether that fear is founded or unfounded is not the question but the question is what next so if the human mind reaches a certain point it's like a tremendous mental energy and it is leading to a feverish pace of life and almost uh, along with it um, lot of fallout issues because as i said what is missing is the heart and the heart brings joy heart brings love heart brings beauty heart brings harmony heart brings unity and all these elements have taken a back seat so there are different ways of looking at it people suggest various ways of correcting it but as far as shurabindu is concerned he looked upon it as an evolutionary crisis wherein man is now preparing to take the next leap and to understand it in uh, through very practical measures 
we can say that um, you know when a baby is in the womb for a long time it's nascent then it begins to kick around and just around the time that the baby is to be born there is a intense labor pains because now it wants to take birth it wants to feel the world in a different way than it is feeling within the womb so too humanity has reached a stage of development where either it must burst out and enter into a new domain a new kind of uh, experience a new way of knowing understanding uh, feeling sensing uh, or collapse back because that's the natural destiny if you hit a hard ceiling you either fall back or you burst through now this is this process of bursting through and the change that will happen as a result of it is what is known as transformation so what really is transformation transformation is something which has been happening if you see the entire history of um, earth at least on earth we'll see that earth has had series of successive transformation in other words there is a change of form and along with the change of form there is a new emergence emergence of a new species with a new consciousness a new possibility new capacities even so uh, this transformation means that the highest that human being can conceive as of now let's take another example the highest that a animal world could conceive is the ape the entire range of animality which uh, you know starts from the uh, at least we can say the fishes goes on goes on developing and then we have the almost trying to stand on two feet the ape the orangutan the gorilla but a time comes when there is suddenly a break free from the gorilla and a man is born now there is a world of difference between the two the highest of the animal species is nothing when we look at even a human child and the uh, experience is very obvious that even if we trained a monk train a monkey the most intelligent monkey the most intelligent crow the most intelligent uh, horse or dog it cannot speak it doesn't have the concept of language it doesn't have the concept of mathematics but for a human child right from beginning language is spontaneous so to the highest that human beings can ever conceive or could ever conceive were basically two or three things one was extreme human capacities very intellect intelligent person 99.9% we see now you know that is one kind of humanity we conceive of that people with exceptional capacities human capacities a genius so to say or we could conceive in terms of highly moral ethical human beings or in a spiritual being like a saint and a sage but still fundamentally human now the highest that we could conceive in terms of human is nothing compared to what is going to come this is no less this sounds no less than a magic it's not the highest moral highest intellectual highest intelligent even the highest ethical and uh, saintly person because it's something totally new something very different we cannot even imagine what it is just like an animal can never imagine that it is a laboratory in which man is being formed and only when man emerges that it looks up and says this is a weird creature what it is doing with poetry and computers and painting and art and music and aesthetics it cannot even conceive so shurabinder and the mother foresaw this next emergence and they saw in all the crises since the last 100 years specifically and maybe a little before that a preparation a preparation through which human consciousness was being churned like anything so that there is a new emergence now with this comes this uh, aspect now when they speak of the transformation uh, they are not referring to only 
uh, that suddenly one day all human beings will wake up and you know they'll be transformed beings there is a section of humanity which despite all the human achievements feels that there is something missing now if we are satisfied with humanity as it is then question of transformation doesn't arise it's a moot problem then we have to just further on all our human possibilities and it's perfectly fine but transformation begins when despite all that we can achieve all that we have understood all that we have known all that we can do even not only now but we can project into the future if we find that all that is still inadequate there is something which escapes us then we are really ready for transformation so there is within humanity two kinds of uh, human subsets one which is um, satisfied with being human it wants to further the human capacities the human possibilities uh, maybe you know score more marks get uh, more money buy new cars have new buildings roam around and be happy then be happy that's one part but within this there is another subset of humanity which despite all this is seeking as you rightly said we are all learners and seekers is seeking for something more and this humanity where is it found it's not that it has to be found in an ashram here or there this humanity is scattered throughout the world and it started declaring itself in the 60s we see that in the 60s there was a movement when people began to you know break free from these standard formats of life they wanted to discover something and it took weird routes from new age music to new age experimentation things uh, but basically they were in search of something which is other than just being human we may use the word transhumanity or posthumanity uh, or suprahumanity doesn't matter these are terms but there is something which is bound to emerge so this is this something which is going to emerge like a new species not just a new way of understanding life but a new way of living being and even experiencing life uh, reacting upon life that is the new humanity of the future and this humanity will not be lopsided in its development so what it means is that it is not that intellectually it will have a wonderful conception Uh, so we should not mistake uh, transformation with a high intellectuality that somebody who can give a lot of lectures on transformation may be very far from transformation you know that story of dante where virgil can carry him only up to the uh, he can cross baitarni and beyond it uh, he cannot take but virgil had a wonderful conception highly intellectual i mean he has written one of the greatest epics and yet he was not ready he had an intellectual conception of what could be but who carries him further is beatrice the simple peace and girl who is full of love so all our intellectual conceptions all our saintliness sagehood our moral ethical none of this is going to really help something else is going to help and that something is the seeking if we are too satisfied with being what we are then we have not yet prepared ourselves for opening the door second is it's not just the intellectual by transformation is meant not just the intellectual part it is also the emotional the aesthetic the sensations the vital the passions the energy the very body right down to the cells so that's how it is a new species in other words there are two aspects of transformations which are crucial to understand one is the inner transformation or the transformation of consciousness that is the fundamental without the consciousness being transformed if we just polish on the surface then we have something like a very good uh, it's a deception it can be a big you know that 
out, outwardly one is trying to change, but inside one is the same. And nature won't allow it. Because when we look at scientifically, it looks as if the outer form changes and then the inner consciousness changes. But actually, if we really go into the adaptive behavior of you know, all evolutionary, previous evolutions, we'll see that there is a seeking in the, within the species, then there is a dropping off of some of the strengths of the previous species. As if it's gasping for air, the fish is gasping for air, it's jumping out and gasping for air. And that is, you know, suddenly opens a passage and there is a change. So this gasping for air, this seeking, leading to a transformation, it involves first a change of consciousness. In other words, the first experience of a transformation is that within ourselves, we experience like a stranger amidst the world of what we call today as humanity. The human ways, the ways of understanding, the ways of living, they cannot because the consciousness becomes so vast, so different. The mother uses the word reversal that it it cannot completely identify at all. In fact, she speaks about this inner change at one place that the individual personality becomes a world personality which we see a trend which is happening today. So in the world personality, this, this method, that normally we operate, our operating system is based on selfishness and ego. This is the individual personality, to preserve myself, my surname, my religion, my caste, my this, my that, my, my, my family, my profession. It goes away because one is no more any of these. So the change of consciousness that she speaks about is that change when to act with any selfish motive. Even to think selfishly will be impossible because your consciousness has become worldwide. And whatever one, whenever one acts, thinks, feels will be from a cosmic standpoint. It's very, I mean, for somebody who has not undergone the process, it's almost difficult to even conceive of. Just like for an animal, it's difficult to conceive of how human beings think and feel. So this will be one of the things which will be important. The inner change of consciousness, the shift will be from an egocentric consciousness to a cosmic-centric consciousness and further shift from a cosmic-centric consciousness to the highest, the most beautiful, the most perfect we can conceive ever and that is the divine-centric consciousness. So it will be a consciousness which though finite will live in the sense of infinity, though mortal still will live in the sense of immortality. This is the inner change which is going to come. And the second aspect of, of transformation is change of form. So not only the uh, inner change will take place, but also as a result of this inner change, the form will begin to change. Now, this is very interesting. Now, form means uh, everything. It means the organs, the brain, the heart, the um, uh, intestines. Because the consciousness has changed, it will change, uh, change, it will start pressing. It's like a tapas. This is what is called tapas. See how an egg uh, inside the egg there is the chick which is forming and for a long time if somebody looks at it from the surface one, one will say there is no difference it is the same egg but just wait for some time there is a time a season a right moment where suddenly the chick is ready and one little prick from outside and the whole thing emerges the, uh, the, the bird begins to fly or when we look at the change from the caterpillar to the butterfly so this change of consciousness which is taking place will make the uh, beings of the new creation, the new world, the new consciousness, they will feel stifled within the way uh, our present humanity, its institutions are right now organized. They will not identify with it because their consciousness is very different. And therefore, this change will start pressing upon the very form leading to the change of the structure, 
everything which a change which is beginning to take place just to take an example for example for instance as we see that uh, children are moving from uh, you know gender differences which were very strong 100 years back to a more and more gender neutral even gender equality phase so we see that the typical feminine form which was identified with a certain kind of figure and form has now been reduced to mannequins now the concept of a, a unisex a, a kind of humanity where it's difficult to differentiate even between a man and a woman in many ways that is emerging now in 100 years down the line this is what is going to be the future because the form will change as the consciousness changes what is the change now in consciousness the difference is getting blurred so naturally nature is going to operate along those lines so many other changes the brain for instance right now doesn't have centers to receive a spiritual light brain is the mediating link but the brain cannot receive that's why when people read spiritual stuff i mean except when it is dished out in uh, simple whatsapp gyan messages that you know jo hua acha hua jo hoga acha hoga <laughs> nothing really is absorbed inside most often the result is when people read the life divine is that they sleep because the brain cannot receive the brain is not ready when they read sabitri after a while they get bored this happens because they are not read the brain it's not their fault it's nobody's fault it's simply that the brain cannot receive that tremendous onrush of light but what is going to happen in the new age people would want to read life divine and sabitri and things of that kind whereas the ordinary stuff which so much we enjoy from the newspaper to the books of you know scholarly wisdom they will stop attracting us because the brain is now getting tuned to something greater and higher and to stay awake one may prefer to read the life divine and to sleep off one may like to read a professional book this i am giving a kind of example because a new way and a new approach is going to come already it is happening the change in the brain cells and all this and some people whatever research is taking place uh, similarly with the heart how the heart will respond right now the heart responds uh, to fear and anger and an emotion which we call as love which is mostly a rush emotion and the heart begins to beat now if we start tuning this heart to a higher rhythm the heart will beat when there is an onrush of a new consciousness initially because it cannot adapt to it there this is an experience which many people have that as they begin to change inside the heart beat begins to change it begins to beat faster at times simply because a new consciousness has started entering and the heart is not equipped to take the challenge but once it adapts to the new rhythm then it's like a mastery then many of the aspects the heart's reactions responses to certain emotions will go into the background and a deeper love a truer love a a more vaster love all this will begin to emerge similarly with the digestive tract it may well vanish so all these um, are aspects of transformation but the two things which we must understand it is a change from within outwards so transformation will start from within outwards and from above downwards what is meant by that is that the first thing which is important in transformation is to discover our inmost center right now we don't know it what what do we say when we use the word uh, me it's just a ego personality me is me that's it and with the me is associated all my name surname and my bab dada and whatever but that day we say that bab dada is on the side but the me is sohamasmi it is the divine within me not as an intellectual concept but the day we have discovered the divine presence inside as a concrete reality you know this experience people have had at least of this going within and discovering the divine presence but it, it they could not bring it out and change their entire nature 
This experience was fascinating. This is what makes a person a saint or a sage. When we experience this deep inside this reality and we discard all this as because you know there is no match, there is no adaptation. So this is a big difference. Now this discovery must start putting pressure on the outer nature to change, adapt and match this inner discovery. So uh, to take an example, you know, uh, one of the famous um, incidents, I think it was Swami uh, Ramdas and when he was speaking, uh, somebody asked on the audience that, sir, do you mean to say that you have a soul? Now, normally you see there will be intellectual discussions and debates on whether soul exists or not and then, you know, it's packaged in information or consciousness, all kinds of uh, mumbo-jumbo. But when you have experienced the soul, what are you going to say? He said something very interesting. He said, no, I am not saying that I have a soul. He said, but what do you mean? What are you saying? He said, I am a soul and I have a body. There is a complete reversal, a complete change. There is total identification with a reality. Well, if somebody doesn't see, doesn't see. It's something like, you know, when we uh, talk to an, when a human being tries to explain something to an animal. What is the computer? Now, how long does one explain? At the end of the day, he'll simply say, grow up and become a man. If you become a man, I don't have to teach you anything. You will know the computer and poetry and mathematics and algebra and geometry and trigonometry and, you know, science and physics and everything else that means to be human. So similarly, the soul will become a living reality. It will be the living center from which we will operate. The operating system, so to say, of our nature's network will change from the ego self and the temporary ego identities to the soul identity. But... Not just to discard the rest, but from the soul to start putting pressure on the, the mind so that our thoughts begin to change, on the heart so that our emotions begin to change, on the vital energy so that our motives of life, instead of being a desire, but to you know enter into a larger life impulse and a more beautiful uplifting life impulse and upon the body itself because the soul is a reality and its substance begins to flow it's, it has a substance that's how people see the soul and this substance flowing into our body and mind and life and heart is going to change it and change it for better obviously it will give to mind a broadness and a clarity of vision it will give to heart a luminous emotion a, a feeling of love which is not based on any want or return from another person it will give to the life and energy a luminous force and it will give to the body itself a health and fitness as we cannot imagine. So this will be the change which Sri Aurobindo speaks of as the psychic transformation. The, it will be impossible to have negative thoughts. Right now people uh, say that you know you think positive. But what nobody says is how to think positive. <laughs> of course there are a lot of techniques and everything. But with this soul emergence... Just as right now it is difficult to think positive, with the emergence of the soul, it will be difficult to think negative. There will be no scope of depression and despair because the soul will know the truth. It, it is satyavan. It knows the truth. It, it's no more just by faith. It knows that the divine, you know, is going to have the final victory. It knows that regardless of everything, the transformation is going to be, there is no cause for any despair, sense of failure, fall or anything like that. Because this is the nature of the soul. And when the soul begins to govern us, the whole understanding, thoughts will automatically flow toward the divine. It doesn't matter, even if one is done in the dungeon, the thoughts will be stretching into the skies. Look at Sri you know, in the Alipur jail. What is he thinking about? When the, uh, I mean, in his own life, when there is the 
possibility of a gallows or life in incarcerment in in the end man incarceration in the end man's what is he thinking about tatrako mohaka shoka ekatvam anupashyata look at the experience of vasudevam sarvamiti this is because of the deep change inside which is will start reflecting in our um, thought and heart and passions and our very body so this is from within outward the another aspect of this transformation is from above downwards meaning thereby that beyond the mind its highest layers the highest layer of the mind as of now in man is rational mind so the triple layer with of mind three systems through which we operate is the physical mind which is dependent on sense data and then the imaginative mind and then the rational mind so all these three mind they pick up something from the senses even when we imagine we all the images are based on <laughs> the sensory input so uh, from there it begins we begin to project and try to understand the future um, it's it's called as a mind of ignorance moving towards knowledge with struggle and effort so what is going to replace it it will be a mind of light now the difference between mind of ignorance and mind of light is that the mind of light is freed from fundamental ignorance it knows that there is a divine truth and it will it is living in an intuitive sense it does not need to go through the complex and laborious rational process to understand anything it has a light with which it sees it's very difficult to explain but the vedic rishis speak about it when they speak of inspiration revelation even dakshina the right action when we have to act what do we do this way or that way there is a spontaneous these are spontaneous faculties which begin to awaken within us faculties within the mind new forms of cognition so it moves from knowledge towards greater knowledge light to greater light so right now the mind moves in a groping way struggling way from darkness towards light ignorance towards knowledge but then it is knowledge to greater knowledge through the rays climbing to the sun if you want to put it in the language of the vedas this will be the change first change will start happening there because above downwards then the change will be also in the heart emotions again because of this um, pressure from above of a vaster consciousness the heart as i have said will begin to automatically share the um, consciousness of the gods vast consciousness this is what i was referring to as the world personality there will be no more an individual personality which is all the time scared wanting to preserve itself what will happen how it will happen it will live in the sense of a vastness and therefore all its actions will stem from that the very change of motive will take place right now all our motives are towards either self preservation or self assertion or self uh, you know aggrandizement now none of that will be needed there will be a cosmic work in which one engages and the gita gives a hint sarvabhuti hite rata lok sangraharth this will be the motive because uh, the egoistic motive will become impossible now this is the pressure from above downwards and beautifully all these emotions will become beautiful pure harmony right now you know i have seen people struggling to establish harmony if they try to harmonize this they lose this when they try to it's like you know uh, switching between the devil and the deep sea so when they try to <laughs> try to placate this the other one is unhappy when they try to placate but when the personality when when love becomes true and pure and beautiful demanding nothing from anyone and anywhere imagine what that will be we get a glimpse in the life of mother and shurbindo how the mother loved everyone and everybody felt equally an recipient of her love 
and felt replenished. Everybody felt that she alone, she loves me alone. But it was not true. She loved everyone as intensely as equally. And we have this image in, in Sri Krishna's Ras, uh, where all the gopis think that, Gop and Gopi think that, you know, they are, uh, Krishna is dancing with them. But Krishna is with everybody. So the world personality means the consciousness is no more limited to a narrow frame. What is the narrow frame? What is the maximum we can think of nowadays uh, or uh, not nowadays, but most people, they think of family. So if they think about beyond themselves, it's family. So family is my immediate family, then little bit my cousins and counter cousins. Or uh, if we think for anything be, be, be larger, then it's my caste. So amara jatka hai. Or if goes a little further, amare gaon ke log, you know, then it goes a little further, then it becomes uh, at the most my nation. And then it, at the most world, that's thought some people have. Think in larger context. But even the world will be small for a world personality. One will think about all the creatures. Sarva Bhutite Rata is not just about human beings. This is a big illusion that we, we should live for humanity. So humanity we can imagine, we can become an aggrandized humanity which crushes all other creatures out of existence. So the true world personality, the love that is there in the uh, world person is a love which is experienced for all creatures. In the worm foresees the um, coming God. So naturally his actions will be such with flowers and plants and nature. The connection will be what we sometimes see in the ancient Vedic time where they worshipped everything. But they worshipped it without really knowing the deepest sense. The deepest sense is this, that yes, one will experience the sense of divinity, the sense of truth, the sense of beauty, the sense of good in everything. Which means that in, even in the densest darkness, one will see a point of light. Even in the ugliest, one will see some beauty. Even in surrounded by much falsehood, one will see a grain of truth. And one will work incessantly to extract that from that big coat. Of darkness in which that point of light is there. So the entire change of uh, personality, the way one will act, react, the motive force, the will, all this is going to change and because of this change brewing inside, this change will become the tapas. So tapasya is not just uh, sitting in a you know lotus posture and uh, chanting something and uh, drawing the breath down and above and feeling inside I'm becoming a great yogi wearing a you know white or this colored dress and looking at you know photographs and none of this has any meaning there it, the tapas is a concentrated energy of spiritual endeavor which means if i think it must be a luminous thought it must go right to the heart of truth it means when I love, it must be as the divine loves his creation. It means when I act, I do not act from any small or petty motive, but only to fulfill God's will in creation. It means this body and its health is no more simply because I want to live a long life and enjoy all my grandchildren and all my great-grandchildren, though the days are gone because grandchildren are waiting for the uh, will to be written in their names, inheritance. And then they want you to put on the photo frame for a few days. <laughs> Till the grandma is there, granddad will be there. After some, I mean, <laughs> most of us. But it will be, the body has to become fit only because it has to receive the divine influx. If it is not ready and prepared, there will be a breakdown. So in this uh, transformation, the working has to be on both the ends. On one side, to open to the ranges beyond the mind and the depths behind the heart 
which is the psychic and the spiritual on the other end to work upon the body mind life emotions so that they become wide vast plastic supple to receive the influx and be able to express and manifest the hidden divinity which is concealed in everything that is the main purpose of transformation transformation is not to create a superhumanity of the titanic type that we are superior human beings that is an asuric type of conception transformation means that the divinity which is hidden inside which is what the vedas sing about the upanishadic rishis speak about the gita hints at and all the countless saints and sages have told about but with great difficulty we find it why because the form completely covers it and one has to do a lot of uh, processes to discover it when that divinity will become natural as natural as we breathe as natural as our heartbeat whatever one speaks will become a veda whatever one thinks feels is nothing else but the divine thinking feeling seeing uh, acting pouring upon the world through the body that will be that is the purpose of transformation that instead of an animal humanity aggrandizing itself through capacities as the asura wants it changes into a divine humanity and therefore all of our actions stem from a deep love a wide compassion asura takes it that oh human being if super humanity of an asuric type is an aggrandized humanity we are superior human beings the what hitler spoke about but there the divine superhumanity which has been conceived in india is a superhumanity which is very humble it leans towards the lowliest of the low like rama traveling to shabri and going all the way and saying ma give me your jhuta bear like krishna refusing the duryodhan ke meva tyage saag vidurgar khayo like those great ones like the divine mother who identifies with matter because out of love she gives herself to the whole creation even to the asura she accepts and embraces so that is the conception of a divine superhumanity which needs a change of form change of everything um, in the process another dimension of this uh, transformation integral transformation is that it is not just an individual phenomena it's not like creating some freaks specimen let us see one transformed human being there is nothing like a one transformed human being much as in the animal world there was nothing like a one transformed human being there there will be a, uh, a islands and pockets where people will engage in this process because they are no more satisfied with all that humanity can give them and where all these islands and pockets will be or isolated individuals will be we do not know they may still be there as the mother says the extravagances of an american youth with the thirst in the heart is a path so all these old conceptions this yoga that yoga are going to go away life will become a yoga it will become a burning thirst for truth for light for freedom for infinity so when that happens these human beings wherever they are as the mother said very beautifully the future of the earth depends upon the a change of consciousness and the change is bound to come but it is left to men to collaborate for the change or the change is thrust upon them by the power of crashing circumstances she also said that the a world of truth a new world based upon truth refusing its old slav- slavery to falsehood is born 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 and then she says in all countries there are men who feel it it's not about belonging to this religion that uh, ashrama this monastery none of this is going to apply it's a new world there are people who feel it and seek it they want it how it doesn't matter they have this thirst inside and she says 
they are everywhere they are few in number right now like the you know neanderthals they are few in numbers but she says it is to them we call will you collaborate so it's not about numbers creating a new religion or anything of that kind it is beyond religion so we are entering an age which is beyond religion because in religion there is still a difference between man the gods and the divine or man the priest the gods and the divine making it still more complicated or man the book the priest the gods and the divine here it is the supreme directly in contact with matter all the intermediaries excuse me the priest and the and the gods and and the mullahs and the qazis and the pandits and the priests and all those who lecture about <laughs> they are all in the background <laughs> it's a direct contact of the supreme with matter this is the whole process so now all this is wonderful but psychic beings spiritual consciousness higher how, what is that power which is going to transform us so here also we see a hint in everyday life what is that experience which however momentarily changes a human being with knowledge we have aha with achievement through will we have a temporary joy but they don't change us the experience that changes us however momentarily is love for a moment when we love someone we be, begin to become like that person so it is the power of love which is going to effectuate the transformation the mother speaks about it she says uh, puri- purification the power of purification dissolves and builds whereas the power of love transforms it doesn't need to devolve uh, dissolve so then what is the supramental truth consciousness it is the divine love which will effectuate the change and prepare for the receiving the supramental truth consciousness it's not if if directly we try that supramental truth consciousness to change us it's like asking the sun to mate with the earth <laughs> so it it's like the result is obvious so it is the divine love which is going to prepare man to receive so where is this divine love to be found well within us around us everywhere what does it mean is that we all have some love inside just as we have some will some knowledge but where is the source source of knowledge is in truth all truth that's why knowledge strains towards truth and is never satisfied with halfway homes error and knowledge ignorance and knowledge it continues till it has found the truth in whose light all is known similarly our will doesn't stop with little achievement it strives further 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 till it has found the omnipotent will the omniscient omnipotent will where we don't have to strive but what is willed comes naturally similarly this love that we experience for this that person people objects and uh, and animals and every kind this love also will never be satisfied unless it has found its origin and that origin is the divine so how to find this divine love there are two approaches the long way and the easy way <laughs> the long way first is to love a human being love perfectly love without expectation try it love with perfect understanding giving everything till one day one pierces the core and discover the divine love very difficult very precarious but it's okay it's not that either or this can be undertaken but one must say it has to be done under experienced otherwise uh, we know what love has become but a simpler way is to love someone who embodies the divine consciousness which is the divine so that's why the uh, shobindo repeatedly speaks about turning to the divine mother who is the divine mother she is an embodiment of that divine love and grace also light but what she has come putting in the forefront is love and grace 
It's not truth, justice, none of these aspects. She has put them behind and she has come to pour that divine love. So when we start loving her and that's where we see the meaning, real sense of bhakti. Bhakti is the shortcut. What is bhakti? Suddenly a heart is touched by that love so much it flows and overflows and spills and begins to turn toward the divine. At first it turns to the divine within the embodiment, the divine mother. And then it begins to, as it grows vaster by the touch, it begins to spread all around like ripples and ripples. And whatever it touches, it begins to see something or the other of the Divine Mother. That is how this love is going to change the individual and change the earth. It is this love which is asleep in the atoms. It is this love which has woven the necklace of the stars around the unseen. It is this love that we see manifest in the plant as we as it aspires towards the sunlight. It is this love that we see in animals which takes a certain form of animality. It is this for, for a, you know, uh, for children and the love of the mother even in animal creation toward the child. It is this love that we see within human beings where the supreme tales of sacrifices have been known. The love for uh, one's own, the love for the country, all these are forms of love. But the highest manifestation of love is that which plunges into matter and transforms and redeems matter. So these are some of the aspects and thoughts on transformation, integral transformation. I think um, given the time factor, I think most of them have been covered uh, unless some point is left out. So please feel free to ask questions uh, as, as many as you wish to. Namaste.